Samuel Lester Sneed. He did it again. Forget DeMarco <laughs> Farr. Forget J.B. Long. Let's talk about the general manager of the Los Angeles Rams. He is not afraid, not even at 3-3 three and three in the middle of this 2019 campaign. He's got guts. What does he have against first-round picks, man? You know, I mean, gone again, two gone. Uh, but the guy you're getting back, I think, is worth it. He's he's a lockdown, shutdown type guy. Who doesn't want that guy in your defense? But, tra- wow. Traded a first rounder in 2020, 21, a fourth rounder in 21 as well. Could be five straight years without a first round pick to DeMarco Farr's point. Uh, but to me, it says not only are the Rams not giving up on this year, they feel like they're right in the thick of it. You know, it's interesting. I mean, when they, when, when Jalen Ramsey started his tirade in Jacksonville about he doesn't want to play, he got sick, then the back injury he wants out of Jacksonville, everyone wanted him and you wondered where he would go and you wondered if he went to certain teams, how that would just, you know, bolster that, that roster. So, Coming here is the same thing. I mean, you're down a Marcus Peters, you're down a Tlaib, but you gain a Ramsey. So uh, one of the better shutdown guys. I hated going against him, watching him on film. It just it distorts reality of what other corners can do, you know, as far as being tight coverage. Uh, so thank God he's here. Career nine interceptions, a couple of forced fumbles, a pick six. This season, though, only three appearances with the Jags. Now, this move isn't entirely unprecedented in that Washington, I guess, went 11 years without a first-round pick uh, during a stretch in the 70s and 80s. But in the modern era of roster assembly, what the Rams are doing is cutting against the grain, to say the very least. You know, I mean, do you think it's a it's a calculated plan? I mean, first-round picks are devalued. Is there some... Well, financial aspect to this, like, because in five years you got to pay those guys anyway. I mean, they, they're doubling down on themselves yep. in, in lots of ways. The Rams are. And the Jags are essentially picking out the Rams because there were other offers out there for Jalen Ramsey, too, and saying, we're betting against you. We think these are going to be top 15 picks wow. in the next two years. And it's incumbent upon the Rams to not only make the postseason, but maybe play into the postseason because if you just traded a couple of picks in the 20s, Maybe not a big deal. Well, I mean, my first reaction was when I heard that Ramsey was coming over. I mean, can he block? <laughs> can you play him at guard? I mean, those aren't the issues. That's not what I saw on Sunday. I mean, it helps. You want him on your defense, no doubt. He's one of the best players in the league. Pair him with Aaron Donald. You've got something. But how does that fix Jared Goff on the field? Well, I, I don't have an answer to that, but I have an answer to your, your overall question, which is this, to me, screams Sean McVay on a whiteboard with a with a grease marker in as big a font as he can, I've got this. The offense. I can work with what I have because coming off of seven points against the 49ers and a humiliating offensive performance, this says to me I can work with what we have in-house. No I doubt. will get my 30 points per week. You guys do your part on defense, and we're going somewhere. You know, I, I, I like that scenario. I like that vision. I mean, I'm kind of look at it as... Not Sean McVay saying it, Les Sneed saying it. You've got this on offense. I'm going to get the best players I can, especially on that side of the football, and, and we'll see what happens there. But you have to fix this offense. Uh, there's not much we can do to get you fresh live bodies or to make guys all of a sudden younger on the offensive line. But you have got to figure out a way to be better. And I know we talked about third down conversions. None. Fourth down conversions. None. 0 for 13 combined. Do you remember what the other fourth downs were when Johnny Hecker took the field? Fourth and 17, fourth and 20, fourth and 25, fourth and 27. That's ugly. That's scary bad. That might be the worst offensive performance I've seen. Look, 
We give Ryan Tannehill all sorts of hell because he's mediocre. I think he might have been better than Jared on those second and third drives. Would you agree? In terms of missed opportunities? Missed opportunities, just eight plays to go 22 yards. It's just everything looked bad. It looked like they were forcing things on those early drives, which to me ended the game early. So you say... Less need. I said Sean McVay. We're yeah. going to hear from a lot of parties in this mix, including Aaron Cromer, the name that we haven't mentioned yet, who's in part responsible for the offense and in particular the offensive line. But let's go back to the top and start with the man who made the deal, Rams general manager Les Snead, on why Jalen Ramsey was worth three picks, including two first-rounders. There's only a few players like that. He, he happens to be one of them. Uh, not saying that there are not a lot of good corners out there, but he... Since he's been in the league, right, he's shown the ability to be able to to get on an island with some good. If you look at some of the the, the receivers he's played against, whether it was, you know, in Pittsburgh a couple of years in their playoff run, whether it's been against DeAndre Hopkins, things like that, you you got a good subset of case studies to go watch, and it, it was it was fun. It was actually fun studying. You, you come away very impressed with how he approaches the game. Uh, in pass and in the run, tackling and covering. And you're very impressed with mom, dad, and God and what, and what, he, uh, what they gave this kid. See, duh. I mean, how does that fix Jared Goff? <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Right. We'll get there. But, but for this week, let's start it this week. Yeah. Assuming he's able to cross the country twice, which he's yeah. going to go from Jacksonville to L.A., now L.A. to Atlanta. Could have met us there. What, what a first test against yeah. Julio and company in Atlanta. You know, the thing is, he knows Julio. He knows that offense. He knows Matt Ryan. I mean, he studies every receiver in the league. And, you know, I used to say this about DeAndre Hopkins. He kills everybody except when he plays Jacksonville. Because of this kid. So that says a lot. So even if you had to tailor made, tailor make a defense just for him, hey, you just got Julio in man to man situations, I would feel comfortable with that. Even if he doesn't know the call, you got him and let the other 10 figure it out. But, you know, when you talk about guys like him and, and think of it this way, what would you give or what would you want in return for Aaron Donald? If you were trading him. Three first-round picks. It, right. I mean, so this guy is close. So think about what Aaron gives you at the position he plays. Now, imagine that at corner. And imagine them on the on the field at the same time. So that's instant pressure and a shutdown guy. You should be better defensively. We spent the better part of the last two years talking about fitting Marcus Peters into this defense. And when that didn't work, fitting the defense to Marcus Peters. And the way that he likes to play off with eyes on the quarterback, a gambling style, not necessarily an in-your-face style. Jalen Ramsey is different. Jalen Ramsey might give Aaron Donald and Dante Fowler that extra beat to get to the quarterback because he's in a Julio Jones or a Calvin Ridley. And, and lost in all this, I'm sure we're going to talk about it later, we we gave the defense a lot of credit for 40-yard rush attempts and less than 100 yards allowed. But the thing we Against the Niners? Against yeah. the Niners. The thing we didn't talk about was, you know, I think Jimmy Garoppolo was pretty much safe all day and found places to go with the football in a hurry. So... You've got to be a little bit tighter in coverage versus these receivers, or it doesn't matter who you have rushing the passer. So there's kind of an X's and O's element to it. What about the intangible element? Like, put me inside that Rams facility, that locker room. When you're sitting at 3-3, three and three, coming off a three-game losing streak, what do you feel about your front office making moves like these in the midst of a 2019 campaign? Well, funny. Uh, I, I consider myself like Indiana Jones. I don't know everything, but I kind of smell the tea leaves. So I think this move... Removing Marcus Peters from a locker room could actually help Jared Goff as far as leadership. Think back to what Seattle went through with Russell Wilson. 
with the Legion of Boom and how much they used to call him out, right? And then slowly by slowly but surely, the Legion of Boom just died, and then it was the ascent of Russell Wilson. Now he's an MVP candidate. So you remove some of those big egos from the locker room, hmm. I think you might get more leadership from Jared Goff. So we'll see if that actually pans out. But as far as bringing Ramsey in, when you make those sort of moves, when we left the coaches show, I'm thinking Sean McVay's got a couple of choices. You're going to have to bench somebody or trade somebody. And he want, he went with the trade. So you're going to have to shake things up to shake your team out of this malaise. I hate to say, I can't say what we call it, but you're going to have to shake things up just to get some energy going with your football team. That being said, you're sending Marcus Peters away. And I want to clarify something. I know this is on the back of, of what you, you just said. This is not uh, what you're implying there. But Marcus Peters did not blow up the Rams' locker room. No. Remember when he and Sue came in and, and everyone said, uh-oh, look out, this is not going to end well. It ended pretty well. In fact, it ended with a phone call to Marcus Peters leaving downtown Los Angeles to come back to Cal Lutheran and say goodbye and say thank you to a lot of his teammates and coaches. No, no, that's the kind of guy he is. But, you know, when you have guys out there playing for contracts and then other guys have already been paid and they're not playing as well, those things start to tear at the fabric of a, of a locker room, if if you will. You know what I mean? But you chose not to pay Marcus Peters and instead presumably pay Jalen Ramsey, if not now, at some point in the very near future. Is there any concern about adding a player who just staged an in-season holdout in Jacksonville? Sean McVay answers that question when we continue on ESPN LA 710. All right, Jalen Ramsey will wear number 20. Troy Hill takes number 22. That used to belong to Marcus Peters. I imagine there was something valuable exchange between those two, but we'll unearth Better that. be some coinage, <laughs> you know? Better be the along. right number, too. <laughs> He's DeMarco Farr. I'm JB Long. How about the uh, question we teased ahead to? How does Sean McVay feel about adding someone to his locker room who basically just staged an in-season holdout in Jacksonville? Yes, there was a back injury. Yes, there was the birth of a child. But this season, only three appearances with Jacksonville for Jalen Ramsey, and now he's part of the Los Angeles Rams. No, because in the same, I, I think you want guys with some swag, some personality, different things like that. Uh, and as long as those guys love football, they love competing every single day, I think usually uh, this is a building that, that I think will suit him well. And, you know, we always do our due diligence in terms of the people that we value and trust that have been around him. And those are the things that have been consistent with what we've heard. You get a good, you get really good reviews back on him. We've got a couple guys on this team that have played with him that speak very highly of them. So when you do all those things, um, I think you feel confident to be able to make decisions that, you know, are really from educated opinions as opposed to sometimes what the perception can be where they really know the human being day in and day out. You buying it? Oh, yeah, I am. I, I, is the culture of the yeah. Los Angeles Rams strong enough to sustain it? I think it is. Uh, it's still a fun place to play. I mean, free agents want to come here. I think the last couple of years they proved that and they went to the Super Bowl. So you still have that good culture, uh, that that culture of, of being on the cutting edge, plus you're on the West Coast. And I think they understand what's going on in Jacksonville. This ain't the first superstar that's run afoul of Tom Coughlin in Jacksonville. So maybe they drew a line in the sand on one of their best players and this was his only recourse and you wind up you wind up getting him because of it. So yeah, I I think I don't think he's a problem like Antonio Brown. I really don't. I don't think he's that sort of problem. He showed up to training camp with an Antonio Brown type entrance. In the, the for Jalen it was a Brinks 
truck. That was in funny. Jacksonville. I think that was a message. Pay me, you know. But Antonio Brown already had his money and he still screwed it up. So I don't think that's that situation. I think he just wanted out of Jacksonville, and I think he got to really where he wanted to go. And with Ramsey, you get this fourth year. What's left of it? Jags picked up his fifth year option, so a very affordable top tier corner next year, and then beyond that, an extension or a franchise tag, presumably. As for Ramsey's perspective on this, look, you're never going to get a more team-friendly answer than the day he arrives in your facility. But as for that future contract, here's what he said yesterday in Thousand Oaks. I'm not really worried about it, to be honest. I, I've kind of said that a lot, but I, I don't think people really believe me. But uh, I really, I'm not worried about it. It'll happen in due time. Um, I have full confidence in myself and my abilities, and I think I'll continue being the best corner in the league for years and years and years to come. So uh, it'll handle It'll handle itself, um, and it's all in God's timing. What is he talking about? I'm not worried about it. You showed up to camp in a Brinks truck, man. That's telling everybody you're worried about it or you're concerned about it or it's on your mind or you're just having fun. I mean, you would not be shocked if there was a training camp holdout next summer. Oh, with him? Yeah. No, I mean, there's going to be a business angle to Jalen Ramsey because he is that good. Just like with Aaron Donald, he is that good. There's going to be a business angle. Uh, the Rams, I wouldn't say they, they blinked, but they wanted to make sure they paid Aaron Donald properly because of the position he played. I'm sure Jacksonville felt the same way. Uh, this guy is going to be paid quarterback money at cornerback. Are we able to do that? So there's going to be business involved. I'm not sure if I believe Deion Sanders that it's going to be a one-year rental. But there's going to be business that comes with Jalen Ramsey, no doubt. I mean, the Dion thing, I'm glad you brought that up because there are some parallels. In fact, Jalen's been compared to Prime since his college days. Yeah. I mean, he's a starter at Florida State as a freshman, and everyone says he's the next Dion Sanders. Dion Sanders completed the puzzle for a couple of teams, the Dallas Cowboys and then the San Francisco 49ers. This is a move that I think for the Rams' future says he's the piece we've been looking for. It didn't quite happen with Marcus Peters. Aqib Tlaib was at a different stage of his career. But we can lock down one half of our defense for years to come. No doubt. And I remember the Dion that hit San, Fr- San Fran. I mean, that guy was special, and he was kind of like what Jalen Ramsey is going to be, in my estimation, this week. He didn't huddle up with the defense, Dion Sanders. He stood out there by himself and said, I got the receiver on this side, and I'm locking him up. And he was good enough to do so. So maybe Ramsey is on that same page. If so, think about how much that, how much easier that makes Wade Phillips' job. How much easier that makes the pass rusher's job if you can just take away one of their best players on every single down. Tons to get to on this edition of Rams All Access, including the other trades that the Rams made this week. Uh, sending Marcus Peters away, getting a linebacker back in exchange, and a new offensive lineman, potentially a chance to fortify the interior. Plus, what's going on in the running back room this week with Gurley presumably up, Malcolm perhaps down, and the rookie Daryl Henderson's debut. With Marco Farr, I'm J.B. Long, and Rams All Access is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. We also have four down territory ahead with a glimpse inside one and five Atlanta. But the Rams all access poll question for this week. Based on the moves the Rams have made, what are your revised expectations for 2019? Choices, no playoffs, a wild card bid, or rally to win the division. 55% of the votes say wild card. Rally to win the West was an optimistic second place, 30%, and not a playoff team, despite Jalen Ramsey and the changes they've made, took 14% of the vote. You're raising your hand. Do I get the answer? Yes, you do. 13-3. and 
That's my expectation. Come on, they're, they're going to win the next 10? 13 and 3. Absolutely, that's why not, not? That's not your real expectation. That is my real expectation of this football team, absolutely. Can I get your real expectation? What is it going to take to get in to the playoffs? Win total? And what's it going to take mm. to overtake the Niners and Seahawks? You may need 13 wins. <laughs> right. To win the division. <laughs> to win the division, absolutely. But not to necessarily make the playoffs. I mean, you could be looking at a trip to Green Bay or New Orleans or even San Francisco. Well, but to get in, yeah. I think there's a there's a fairly clear path and look, it all starts with 1 and 5 Atlanta, 0 and 6 Cincinnati, bye week 2 and 4 Pittsburgh. See, it's all possible. And look, if you've got to go through New Orleans at the end of the year, then you earn that. Based on the way you've played the last 3 weeks. Mm-hmm. That's what you get going you have to go to New Orleans and win there, but you know, at some point, I mean, it, it doesn't matter where you play. It's just how you play. You've got to get back to being you on offense. And then the rest will take care of itself. All right, so we've danced around it. Let's go there. David Edwards gets the call at left guard. You lose Joe Nopum. And let's be serious. That played heavily into the performance or lack thereof by the Rams against the 49ers. After parts of two drives to lose your starting left guard on a thin front. No doubt. Um, but some of that was coming off the edge anyway, so... I don't think the fair. left guard was the problem. Fair, fair. Yeah. but a lot of that was coming off the edge. Jamil Demby at right or left, it just wasn't working yeah. at guard, and so now they're going to try something different. That's, I mean, that's the other part of of less need in this week that really got me. You traded for an offensive lineman. That told me a lot. That that tells me that Denby fa- failed. Uh, so you need to find another option at left guard now that Noteboom is out. So you're going to try Edwards. You're going to try to get guys ready to go to play that guard spot, but. You know, to me, I mean, it's it was a combination of giving up too much pressure and, let's be honest, some of the play calling was head scratching. I didn't like the all screen second drive. You know what I mean? I mean that that it just especially re- it was receiver screen. It wasn't even yeah. like what I liked is the way Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan took all the rush from the Rams and cooled it off with running backs behind them. You didn't no see doubt. that screen game against a furious pass rush from the 49ers. I think the ball's got to come out quicker with Jared Goff. That that's He has to protect himself. My that's coaching true. point, but I mean the, the defense is getting two jumps on the football on a screen and then when you get the ball to Brandon Cooks, now it's just an extended run play with your with your smallest guy. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's going to take a beating. So there's still plays to run. You just have to execute them better even with a patchwork offensive line that's struggling. Goff was pressured on 12 of his 28 dropbacks, 43%. It was the second highest rate of his career, and that includes the back end of 2016 when we all know how bad it was in front of him. Can Aaron Cromer convince us that he and Sean McVay can get it right in Atlanta and beyond? We'll tackle that as Rams All-Access continues next on ESPN LA 710. After two starts, do you feel like you belong? Yeah, I feel like I belong. Um, I have a lot to improve on. Uh, things every week that come up that you you see them and you're like, man, they'll never get me on that again. That was Rams middle linebacker Troy Reader this week on Rams Revealed, our player podcast. Find it now wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Reader, a college free agent by way of Delaware, has double-digit tackles in his first two starts. He's the first undrafted free agent to do that in a couple decades at least. On the other hand, he was the lowest-graded Ram from Week 6 against the San Francisco 49ers. So... With the addition of another linebacker, Kenny Young, coming back from Baltimore in the Marcus Peters trade, I'm very curious to see how the middle of this defense looks this week 
and beyond. I like the depth, no doubt. And I, I love it when we talk about reader double-digit tackles and whatever. And you, the first thing I think is, well, you should have had eight more. Or they're coming after you, which they were. So you're going to have to get better. And in like, coverage in, in particular. In coverage and in the run game, too. Uh, it's funny when he says, look, they'll never get me on that again. Well, the problem is they got you on that one, and it's the first down. <laughs> they yep. kept the drive yep. alive. So uh, you're out there. And this is the state of where you are when you're replacing guys. You're down to your third option at that spot. Well, He's taken his first beats. His first big tackle for loss is his first. His first time he gets run by is his first. So he's learning on the job. It's tough. It is a remarkable story in this regard, though. Uh, His dad played at Delaware, played in the league, was drafted by the Los Angeles Raiders at the time. So Troy goes to Penn State, is a redshirt freshman, all Big Ten freshman team. But he and his brother loved playing together so much in high school that he was willing to step down a division from playing in front of 110,000 in Happy Valley to go play for the Blue Hens so that he could be alongside his brother. Wow. And he said, he told me, he would not be in the NFL had he not made that decision. I thought that was pretty cool. See, that is so cool. I mean, I, I, the best time I have in my life playing football was actually when I was a sophomore in high school because my older brother was out there with me. He was a senior, I was a sophomore, and we were both on the same offensive line. We had a blast. Even the Super Bowls, national championships, all that. That year in high school with him was the best. I understand that totally. Don't know if you and your brother can still play offensive line, but if so, Aaron Cromer on line one. Let's get to the crux of the matter. We've kind of dodged it for the better part of two segments now. The Rams are going to go as far as their offensive line takes them from this point forward in the next 10 regular season games, and the primary man responsible is Aaron Cromer. Anytime uh, you're the lead dog, people are going to be hunting you, and that's where we've been, and uh, and everybody is hunting us, and so they are putting a lot of time into trying to stop us um, and our style of offense. You see uh, the McVay descendants, if you want to call them, getting head coaching jobs around the league, and so they know that around the league, there's going to be three or four of our offenses out there, and they need to be able to stop them if uh, if they want to win their division or make it to the Super Bowl or whatever it is for them. So um, there are a lot of people studying us. Um, I still say that uh, there's answers. There's answers within our offense that we have, um, and uh, we just haven't coached or executed them well enough this year. I go back to my original point. Between Aaron, between Sean, They're screaming from the mountaintops, we've got enough to get it done with who's in-house. We traded, yes, for an extra reserve offensive lineman, but we traded mostly for defense. Mm -hmm. And so we are telling everyone who will listen, we're going to find a way to get back to who we were. I think, yeah, I think what, what, what did Sean McVay say? It's, uh, be who you say you are. Yep. And I think we know what these guys are up front now. So you can work with that and work around it. Um, I think that was uh, an answer to can we protect in third and long situations? Can we drop Jared back to seven and have him sit there and scan the field and find a guy downfield? No, you can't. Uh, the pressure will get there. So you're going to have to work things a lot faster. You're going to have to protect your offensive line. Now, Jared Goff, and I love how you put it, he's going to have to protect himself a lot because some of those pressures we saw versus San Francisco, if that's Russell Wilson, if that's Aaron Rodgers, those aren't sacks or hits. Those are probably scrambles. That's got to come into play for Jared Goff this week. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long, and this is a Week 7 edition of Rams All Access. So convince me, DeMarco. Convince me to believe in what Aaron Cromer and Sean McVay are selling. That with Note Boom on injured reserve and Whitworth getting older by the week and Rob Havenstein, a shell of his near Pro Bowl 2018 self, convince me that they can get enough out of this front with its third different starting lineup in seven weeks, mm. 
to get back to where they're trying to go. I'll do my best. And I think the real Rob Havenstein is locked up in a basement somewhere, and this is the clone, the imposter. But he's got to get back to playing. But I'll say this. It was a quote from, I believe, Austin Blythe talking about Todd Gurley and getting Todd Gurley back, I think, is the answer. He's going to make you right. He's going to make you better. Really? He's going to make decent blocks, great blocks, with great running. I will, I will say he's an important, integral part yeah. of the pass protection. And when you saw Daryl Henderson out there as – much juice as he had running the football, it was a different pocket for Jared Goff. And I think that helps pass protection running the football like that because play action works. You're going to have to get these defenses to collapse and then move the pocket and then throw strikes. There was one that I wanted to argue with you guys in the game where Jared Goff was scrambling and he kind of threw off balance over the head of Robert Woods. And I think Maurice said that's a tough throw. And I'm like, why? That's rolling right with a right-hander. you got to hit that. So when you have those opportunities, those one-read plays, you've got to be 100%. And not back at seven. I mean, right. for Jared to succeed, he's going to have to make those throws because they have no other choice but to get him outside the pocket. And I think when Aaron Cromer says the answers are there, those are the answers. So it may not be we can't make Andrew Whitworth younger. We can't put the confidence back in the Rob Havenstein in a game. It's going to take some time to do that. But what you can do is have your quarterback be a whole lot better and be a whole whole lot more accurate, especially throwing on the move. Running out of time in this segment, but still some checklist items we absolutely have to get to. So rapid fire here. Todd Gurley looks like he will go. Malcolm Brown, I'm skeptical. He's got an injury. And the rookie, Daryl Henderson, showed me a lot, even in a mistake-prone home debut. Where do they go at running back this week? What does that distribution look it's, like? Look, I'll say this. I'll do you one better with Todd Gurley. You've got to go. You're the guy. Yeah. You have it's to go. go. Yeah, I agree with that. It's go time. They need you. On the defensive side, where has Dante Fowler gone? He has not uh, hit a quarterback since Carolina week one. I was trying to say this in a PG way. He's like my dog. We talked about those tackles being out, right? So he got so excited that he jumped off sides twice. Slow down. Play your game. You let a great situation go by. Now, you owe the football team. You better show up in Atlanta. Last thing before four-down territory. Tough moment to be without John Johnson the third, And it shows you the magnitude of the news this week that here we are at the end of segment three, and we haven't touched on the fact that John Johnson is going on injured reserve, someone we all have a lot of respect for. And by the way, Austin Hooper is crushing it, a tight end yeah. for the Falcons who you see this week. More respect for John Johnson because he was hurt early and stayed in the game Long, uh, like right. too long. An in injury my that puts him on IR and probably no ends his season. He played through for what? At, uh, an at extra least two half. quarters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but let's go Taylor Rapp. Now it's your time. Yep, big moment for Taylor Rapp and Marquis Christian. Big moment for our guest who covers the Atlanta Falcons. We'll speak with Vaughn McClure about a one and five Falcons group. What will they have waiting for the Rams at Mercedes-Benz Stadium? As Rams All Access continues on ESPN LA 710. Welcome back to Rams All Access Week 7 edition. The Rams out to break a three-game losing streak heading to Atlanta. And for some perspective on the Falcons, let's do four-down territory. And our guest this week, Vaughn McClure, who covers the Falcons for ESPN's NFL Nation. Uh, Vaughn, this is a tough one to start on, but from the outside, it looks relevant. What are the chances Dan Quinn is effectively one loss away? Well, you know what? I think they're going to give them two more chances at least. I think you got these two home games back to back against the Rams and the Seahawks. I think if they get blown out the building in these two games, yeah, I think Dan Quinn's job is in jeopardy because it'll be the bye week and Arthur Blank, the owner, can step back and look at things and say, hey, we need to reevaluate the situation. But after they lost in Houston, I talked to Arthur Blank and he seemed confident that Quinn could 
turn this thing around. Now, that was before the loss last week against the Cardinals. But again, I think he's looking at these two games. These are two very important games for Quinn's future. All right, to that point, you say the owner's still believing, but it's been a couple of rough years in Atlanta. Do you believe the players themselves, the roster, still senses there's something to play for in 2019 besides their tape and their future? Yeah, you know what's funny? I talked to some of the players about this already, and the one thing to play for is this. They have not played a division game yet. You know, hmm. it's kind of amazing that they haven't, but they have not played one and they won't play one until after the bye against the New Orleans Saints. So some of these guys are looking at it like, hey, we could still go out there and go 6-0 in the division. Now, that's a big long shot, believe me, especially with Drew Brees coming back for the Saints. But that's the kind of mentality that they have. They still believe that they have something to play for. A lot of these guys want to play for Coach Quinn because they believe in Coach Quinn. Uh, uh, Ricardo Allen, one of the team captains, he said, Dan Quinn gave me a chance when I was on the practice squad. So, yeah, I'm going to go fight for him. So that kind of mentality out here is they feel like they still have something to play for. They still feel like they can help save Coach Dan Quinn's job. Interesting. So a backloaded schedule for the Falcons. Von McClure is our guest. He covers Atlanta for ESPN's NFL Nation. Question number three on four-down territory. There's reason to believe that this Falcons defense is just what the doctor ordered for an ailing Rams offense. Why wouldn't that be the case? Can you convince Rams fans this Atlanta defense can pose a threat? (laughs) Well, listen, when I see them give up almost 600 yards to Deshaun Watson, then they give up 300 yards in the first half to Kyler Murray. I just don't see it happening. I don't see them shutting down anybody, tell you the truth. They're last in the league in sacks. They're giving up. Uh, they've had only five sacks this year. Uh, they're giving up 30 points per game. They're giving up almost 400 yards per game. They just don't have it on defense. And here's the thing. Coach Dan Quinn, he took over the defensive play calling this year. And I'm not going to blame it all on him. The players are not getting it done. You see guys with wide-open gaps, leaving wide-open gaps. The the zone hasn't worked for them. Again, they're not getting pressure on the opposing quarterbacks. So things are not looking good for this defense. This offense is going to have to carry the Falcons if they're going to make a turnaround. But, yeah, the defense, the Rams should be able to score some points on this defense for sure. All right, Vaughn, you teed up the final question perfectly then. Matt Ryan, 300-plus passing yards in all six games so far. Are he and Julio, and Sanu, and Hooper, and Ridley, are they capable of winning a shootout if that's the direction Week 7 is going? Oh, definitely. But let me tell you this right now. Matt Ryan doesn't care about those statistics at all. He cares about winning. This team has lost four games in a row, and they're 1-5. and five. That's all he cares about. He talked about that yesterday. Yeah, it's nice to throw for 300 yards, but from the beginning of the year, they talked about having balance and establishing balance. Last week was the first time we really saw that balance because they got Devontae Freeman running going in the running game and once you get that running game going then it sets up the play action passes and now you got three wide open wide receivers running down the field but yeah matt ryan julio jones austin hooper is having a great year at tight end muhammad sanu calvin ridley Devontae freeman they have all the weapons to score 30 plus points per game so yeah i think the falcons can win a shootout at home if they play with the same kind of offensive urgency they played the last two weeks Vaughn McClure covers the Falcons for ESPN's NFL Nation. Vaughn, thank you for spending part of your Thursday with us. Have a great rest of your week. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. 
All right, and Rams All Access is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. Continuing Rams All Access with DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long. You heard a few good points there from Vaughn. He needs to stop lying, though. <laughs> Matt Ryan cares about 300 yards. He just wants to win, too. If he puts yeah. up 300-plus against the Rams, he'll have the longest streak of any passer to open a season of 300-plus yard performance. And that's, that's going to matter. Of course, everybody wants to win, but that's going to matter when he retires, five years after he retires. Mm-hmm. I mean, these numbers do matter. They care. Absolutely they care. How about the fact that uh, Sean McVay doubled down on the fact that uh, Jared Goff and Matt Ryan are good comps, that like that's who Jared Goff projected to be and is now achieving to be? I, I think you're exactly right. It was a great question. And I went back and looked, and this is fun because they're matching up with each other. So I'm watching them run similar plays. Matt Ryan just runs things a lot better than Jared does. Crosses is better. Absolutely. Yeah. He gets the ball Defends out. Defends himself better in the football. His release is tighter. He doesn't have to throw from a wide base like you, you were talking about platforms. Matt Ryan can throw off one foot if need be. So he's just a little bit better. So I think Jared Goff, with the right preparation, the right work, is headed in that same direction. Atlanta's worst start since the 2007 season, the Falcons went on to draft Matt Ryan the following spring. Their win is against Philadelphia at home. Their losses at Minnesota, at Indy, against Tennessee, at Houston, at Arizona most recently. They came back from down 17 in the second half of that game in Phoenix, but with less than two minutes to play, 44-year-old kicker Matt Bryant missed an extra point. Um, so that's the state of the Atlanta Falcons. I find it interesting that this malaise that has been plaguing the Rams organizationally started on the first Sunday in February at Mercedes-Benz Stadium yeah. in Atlanta, Georgia. And now here you are <laughs> at right. the outset of a month on the road. Wow. You're going back to Atlanta. You're going to stay there and practice, go to London, have your bye week, go to Pittsburgh, and then you come back for some primetime opportunities. Will they matter? Maybe it's just poetic. Maybe it's just me. I'm sure this has nothing to do with what's actually going to happen with the Rams and the Falcons. But there's some symmetry to me that at this juncture, with a three-game losing streak, the Rams are going back to the very stadium and city where it happened. You know, I, I hope they're communicating that to the players as well, just so they have that same thing in their mind. I mean, you were a different football team the last time you were in Atlanta, right? I mean, it's a completely different culture right now, a completely different aura, and you need to get it back. Uh, you could argue that's where it was lost. That's where the 6-1 came from. That's where all your problems started. So uh, I hope that's in the back of their heads. But they need to play better. And this is the one thing. Going off that offensive performance versus the 49ers, uh, we need to see what happens in Atlanta this week. Is it the offense or was it just the 49ers defense doing that to mm. you? Because, look, um, to be honest, now that Bosa is going to be able to do that consistently, you're going to have to find somebody to block him consistently for the next and 10 years. And we kind of got into that Monday, right? Yeah. Like, the Niners aren't going anywhere. No. Those first-round draft picks that they've stockpiled are going to be your problem again this season and next season and the year after that. So let's see what happens. I mean, with the same approach, you don't have to change that much on offense, with the exception of replacing Joe Noteboom. If it looks better, then it was probably just the 49ers doing that to you. But... We'll see. This is a softer defense than what they saw versus San Francisco. No question. Yeah, you have a chance to to make plays against this football although, team. Everyone al- else has. Although I will say, they're allowing the second most points in the in the game. Only the Miami Dolphins are worse. They, like uh, Vaughn pointed out, they have not got sacks. Five is tied for the NFL low. However, their pass rush win rate, according to ESPN, is number five in the league. The Rams are 10th. 
So they're kind of in the same boat where they have some dynamic pass rushers individually. They just have not been able to connect with quarterbacks. And so I think yeah. a big part of this game is with two statuesque passers behind offensive lines that are porous right now, Right? who can get the most out of their pass protection? Because even though the Falcons and the Rams are not racking up sacks, they have the talent to pose problems. No doubt. I, if, if I was Sean McVay, I'd tell the trainers, make sure you have plenty of oxygen because we're going hurry up pretty much the entire game, especially like when you have pass rushers and an offensive line that's kind of vulnerable. The only thing you can do is speed up. Make fatigue a factor on the other side. Make them think about something else other than kicking Whitworth's butt. You know what I'm saying? So speeding up, I think, is going to be the game plan. We'll see what happens there. But if you get... If you start doing these pre-snap penalties, you get into first and 15, second and 23rd and long, you're going to their house, and they can absolutely get after you. No kidding. If you win this week, though, it's going to look a lot better. Trust me. I'll explain next in our playoff picture as Rams All Access continues on ESPN LA 710. All right, here's what I like about this week. I'm not sure what's going to happen in the division, but around the NFC, DeMarco, there are a lot of can't-lose-either-way games. And so I'm at the point in the season where the Rams' schedule gets easier in terms of Mm -hmm. win-loss record. Like, to this point, they've played the toughest schedule and have the best wins, even with only three of them. But if you win this week, it's going to look a lot better. And if you win the next two going into the bye, trust me when I say you're going to feel like you control your own destiny in the second half of your season. That'd be nice to get back to that. But remember, how many passing yards did the Rams have this weekend? Less than 100. Okay, so, I mean, they're looking at you the same way. All right, all right. <laughs> the Falcons are. Absolutely. Let's start in the division. 49ers right. unbeaten. They go to Washington. 1-5 and five oh. Washington. Not much hope there. Ooh, I don't put the rookie in against that defensive line right now. They're hungry. They will beat him up. So I hope Washington do- doesn't do that. And, yeah. th- and then Seattle is at home against the Ravens. 4-2 and two, Baltimore. 5-1 and one Seattle. How about this? The Niners and the Hawks don't play each other until week 10 on Monday Night Football. That's the Monday after the Rams are in Pittsburgh. And wow. so that's, that's what I'm saying. If if you can bow up and get the next three, this could turn quickly because Ooh. there are built-in losses in the division. They just may not be this weekend. You, you, you better put your best foot forward because what you don't want is the division running away with you. That Monday night game becomes the de facto conference or division championship. And that's why, yeah. to go back to our Rams All-Access poll, I think the majority of our audience feels like the Rams are playing for a wild card. No doubt. So then let's go through the other contenders. I mean, not to get away from the fact that the Niners and the Seahawks are playing games this week, but let's go look at the rest of the NFC. Five and one Saints at three and two Bears. And that's where I get into can't lose either way. Toss up. Go ahead. Saints are five and one. Their point differential though is just plus six. That's the lowest point differential by a team with a five and one record or better since the 88 Bills. With Breeze, I would have said guaranteed Saints. But But they've they've already done enough. New Orleans has to get them back to where Breeze can take them to the finish line. And I, I think that says a ton about Sean Payton and Teddy Bridgewater and kudos to both of them. Ready for another can't lose either way again? Three and three Eagles, three and three Cowboys. Can't lose. <laughs> you can't lose. The wow. Eagles or the Cowboys are going to have four losses at the end of this week. What are the Cowboys right now? What are the Cowboys right now? What are they? Who are they? They're the Los Angeles Rams of Texas. Still trying to figure it out. Okay, got issues. Uh, who's Philadelphia to you? I honestly, I thought Philadelphia was the best team in the NFC coming into this year. Okay, and three losses and going on the road in danger of a fourth, and okay. they have suffered some of the worst injuries in, I bet, in the conference. I bet Philly bows up, but who knows? I don't know what those teams are right now. Yeah, four and two Minnesota at the two two and one Lions, who truthfully should be three one and one because they got the bad end of the officiating on Monday Night Football. No doubt. Um, 
I'll go with the Lions in that one. I'm actually believing because I don't believe in Kirk Cousins at all. I think he could be the issue. Even after the way that he's bounced back from uh, that receiver drama a couple weeks ago? We've seen it before, right? Yeah, and then he'll run down talking about, do we like that? We'll see. I'm just not believing in him. There are three contenders from the North right now, Vikings, Lions, and the Packers, who we'll get to next. And that's where I'm talking about the picture is going to clarify if the Mm. Rams outside of their division, on the road, away from L.A., can just weather these next few weeks and get back right offensively, discover their identity, you're going to have a very good chance in the second half. Any possibility Oakland does you a solid, the Raiders at 3-2 and two going to Lambeau to take on 5-1 and one Green Bay? It could happen, but probably not. If you get that same officiating crew... <laughs> that seems to help Green Bay than anything's possible. Because but, yeah, if if that's not the case, you're looking at a top tier in the NFC that would potentially have six and one Green Bay, Ooh. six and one New Orleans, six and zero oh San Francisco, and six and one Seattle. That's pretty tough. Yeah, that's that's a tough tough go. And and if you're playing for a wild card, those are your potential January destinations. You've earned it. You're going to have to take care of your responsibilities first. It starts with Atlanta. All right, uh, before I give you the last one, a reminder that Rams All Access is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. My final uh, one for you, DeMarco, is in relation to the Cincinnati Bengals. They host two and four Jacksonville this week. Do you want the Bengals to be winless in London in week eight? Uh, or do you want them coming off their first victory before they face the Los Angeles Rams? I kind of want them coming off a win. I do. Because? Just for this team, the Rams' psyche. I want them to think that Cincinnati is good enough to beat them because they pretty much are. I mean, everyone, they're vulnerable right now. So I'd like it if Cincinnati was actually on a roll. You'll get the best out of this club. The best Rams squad will beat the best Cincinnati Bengal club, in my opinion. So I hope they win. Of course, what the Bengals are doing, none of the Rams' business, because they face a must-win at Atlanta. Looking forward to being back in the uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium side of Super Bowl 53 to maybe right some wrongs that have been haunting the Rams since that first Sunday uh, in February. But just to put a bow on this one, whether or not this trade, these trades work out for the Rams, they were bold enough to go all in again and to plan for their present and their future. And if that doesn't rejuvenate the 2019 edition, I don't think anything will. No doubt. What did you say on Twitter? I'd, I'd like to gamble with less need or something like that? Oh, no. Yeah. I would never say such oh, a thing something publicly. Like that? Absolutely. I might say it here on Rams All Access. Like to go to but... Vegas with him? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's do it. He's the type who hits on 16? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All right, week seven. We'll see where the Rams stand by the time they get back to the Coliseum with a couple of road trips to Atlanta, London, Abai, and Pittsburgh. What a crucial moment in the franchise's history. For DeMarco Farr, I'm J.B. Long. Thanks for listening to Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710.